Hello, hello, hello. Another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast, number 129. I'm here with Miss Georgia, if you'd like to say something. Um, hi, how are y'all doing? Yes, Miss Georgia is, I don't want to say she claimed, but she actually lived life as like a, a Navy, not a Navy SEAL, you are just in the Navy. I was just in the Navy, yeah. I, um, I was supposed to be an aircraft mechanic and got hurt, so they put me into the offices doing dispersing of paychecks and processing recruits going in to serve during the Gulf War and nuclear recruits. And how long ago was the Gulf War again? Um, that started in the 90s, and that went on through 96. Uh, and who are we fighting again? Because when I hear Gulf War, I'm like, why are we there? there right. Um, my understanding was we were fighting Saddam Hussein. Uh, That's when that went through when Bush was president mm -hmm. and he was like, they have the nuclear weapons. nuclear weapons, the yellow cake. Yeah. And, you know, we never found it. And we spent, what, 15, 20 years over there. And then it went into the Iran, uh, Iraq uh, conflict. Mm -hmm. And we spent another 20 years there. So I'm just glad our boys and girls can start coming home a little bit. But now we've got Ukraine, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's always, you know, there's always something, you know, we never have like a time of peace or it's like, do we always have to be beefing with somebody? Like I think we're always, you know, either playing, taking up for the, the smaller guy, like somebody's bullying him, or we're just kind of like, nobody else will do it, so we have to step up, mm -hmm. is the way I kind of feel. Um, my husband and I were talking about that last night, and I said, you know, sometimes I just wish we'd take care of at home first, you know? Mm -hmm. If your house isn't clean, you can't help other people, yeah, no. is the way I kind of feel. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like even with this country and everything, because it's like, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, just like, you know, look down or anything, because I do appreciate what the navies and the army mm -hmm. does, because it's like, y'all, for y'all fighting, uh, you know, to keep, like, you know, democracy, like, uh, free here or flow here in uh, the Americas, uh, that's a lie. You know, people are literally, I don't want to say forfeiting their life, but they're risking their lives just to keep, make us, make sure that we're safe and we can live by the uh, the ways that we live by, whether it's like people have different opinions, different lifestyles or whatever, you know, you know, this is, is the land of the free. Although there are some things that kind of contradict that to a certain degree, okay. it's still pretty free compared to like China or North Korea. So it's like, you know. Oh, we got it made yeah. in that aspect. Yeah. The one thing I guess I want people to understand about the armed services, regardless of which branch they go into, they signed a blank check for their life to this country saying, you know what, I will die and protect what we have. Regardless if they served in war, they still sign the same blank check as everybody else. So, you know, I had an old, like, World War II veteran back in the early 90s say to me I was hurt and I was at the VA hospital and I never went because they always said you know I always felt well that guy doesn't have an arm he actually saw combat mm -hmm. and um, this gentleman Mr. Posse mm -hmm. said to me honey we're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, you know, we we are. Mm -hmm. They suffered much more harsher circumstances in the military than what I did mm -hmm. or someone that was in during a non-conflict time. Um, 
But we all said the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all said, yeah, we'll do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Because like, I also got, I think, a cousin that's like, uh, yeah, my cousin's in the Army also, and he's stationed in uh, Texas right now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's 18, which is, like, crazy. Like, you see them, like, as babies and everything, and now they're, like, going to, like, fight for our country, too. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's just, I feel like if they had to do the whole draft thing where they had to take, like, the oldest, like, son mm-hmm. out of the house, like, I would definitely step in because, you know, I wouldn't want, like, my brother getting the Army. You know, I'd rather take me over him. And he's yeah. pretty athletic. I mean, he'd be built for the Army. Right. But it's just, like, you know, I just really couldn't, like, fathom like a world where it's like i had to bury my brother I, they had to tell me like oh like your brother has passed right. on and everything you watch movies like uh no no i'll bring a movie like saving private ryan and right. Rep, and the stuff like miracle to saint Anne's and everything so that's say uh that nature it's like it's a pretty scary environment it you is. know it's just like you know some people don't even get to actually shoot anybody down they're just gonna they're like like just shot down and just mowed down by bullet phone yeah. like you literally signed your life up and for nothing essentially you know just like you see things like that especially for african americans sent into the army and right. like you know it, it kind of makes me kind of like i can't trust that you know what i'm saying well what i can say is and and i completely understand that because my son who is 26 just went into boot camp in georgia in South Carolina in Jackson right now and he was living in Arizona and he said you know mom which is basically why I joined I just had to get my head out of my behind to get myself straight and that was the best choice I ever made and it was time for him to make a choice in a direction somewhere Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he, like his father was in the Navy. His stepfather was in the Army. His uncles was in the Navy. His cousins in the Army. I mean, so we've always been some sort of military yeah. attachment, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's, you know, I got to see a lot of the United States. I got to travel a little. I traveled more outside the military. But, you know, yeah, it was good 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 time yeah yeah no i bet it is i felt there's some positives with it you know like you know they teach out like combat and everything of that nature right correct they teach you combat right they do not teach um navy people so much hand-to-hand combat like they do the army and the marines because you know we're on a boat we're on a ship out to sea so um but we do have um more specialized jobs on ships like you know aircraft carriers now are nuclear powered Mm -hmm. and you know there's like five thousand people on that okay so it's like a small city it's not so much of you know like on a sub which um my son's father was in um you know there's 150 people yeah, that's that's actually that's also very crazy, man. Because it's just like there's so many different jobs. Like some people be working the computers and everything, working right. sonar and stuff of that nature. There's so many aspects of military that just go beyond just like oh, give them a gun and just go to another country. And right, fight. and you don't think everybody thinks of infantry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who's right there on the front line. You know, um, I was gonna be an aircraft mechanic. Mm-hmm. I'd have never seen combat per se mm-hmm. because I was a mechanic. You know, on on the ship, opposed to being, you know, at a base mm-hmm. in like Kanar, Kadar, and um, worried about being bombed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, more the army and the navy, and the army and the marines have more of that hand to hand issue. 
So I, I think like my company commander when I was in boot camp was a female and she worked in the engine room in a hole on the ship, <laughs> you know, and she was like, hey, I like my nails done, but there's a time and place. Okay. Oh, this is crazy. Wow. It's just because <laughs> there's so many dimensions and everything. Right. And just I want you to realize that, like, literally, the people that compose of the Navy and the Army are just regular day to day people. Mm-hmm. I want to dwell deep because I know you mentioned you say you want to do a podcast of your own. Um, but like, what are some other interests that you have, like, interests that you have in general? Oh, wow. Um, well, you know, politics lately have been on the forefront, um, you know, and that's just a, a, a mess. You know, I just. Um, my biggest concern about our country and I guess policies in that aspect of watching what our commander in chief represents, mm-hmm. you know, and who who do you want standing there to face another country and say, you know, I'm the biggest badass in the country, if I can say that word, um, you know, you want that person that is strong looking and you know i want somebody that's younger what happened to these like 50 year olds that used to run for president yeah and now we're getting like 70 year olds and everything and it's just you know i heard that um Sanders is thinking about running again. He's like 85. Because he should have ran way long since. Because it would have really helped with a couple. It would have helped in transition. Like, if right. we had Donald Trump after Bernie Sanders, then, yeah. like, okay, maybe then it would be something like, all right. Well, I feel like there was just a lot of things we got to clean up. I feel like a lot of that's always delayed. And right. I feel like the education system is one. I feel like there's no reason why we don't have universal health care. Like, why? Other countries have it. We're a super people of power. Why can't we have it, too? Well, I can say as a veteran, because... Because I fall under, you know, government health care, quote unquote, they can't get it right for the few, you know, for the what million veterans they've got to deal with. They can't even get it right with those. How are we going to streamline it for everybody? And that's what I see just work you know working the system as going through medical issues yes like the thing is to make it i don't want to say make it equal per se just make it like affordable like it's just like you know right. like there's certain procedures that are just that are covered by insurance some that just aren't covered by insurance right. and it's just like aren't you supposed to be fucking helping us get better you're gonna get paid regardless well the you problem know? the problem was yeah. is um from what i gathered watching the news and reading on this is um, you know, the Republicans, unfortunately, which, you know, I bounce with who I like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not straight blue. I'm not straight red. I kind of play in the middle and see who I like. No, seriously. This is better off that way. Yeah. You, you have to, because neither one of them are completely right, no. but they can't stop this infighting that they do within themselves to get anything done. Yeah, it always feels like they're just drawing their attention on something that doesn't really make sense. Like, okay, like the whole, like, uh, abortion thing. How long have we had abortion for a while for y'all to start complaining about it now? Well, here's my yeah. thing on it. And this is what um, really upset me about the Democrats when they were running. They didn't run on the right point. It wasn't abortion. Mm-hmm. It's a woman's... Mm-hmm medical file being released to other people. I don't want my stuff out there. My doctors see it. The people that need to see it, see it. But, 
you know, and it scares me more as a veteran because, you know, our stuff is government already. Yeah. So who's poking in there? I mean, we're done for research, all that stuff. But it's like, that's my medical history that you're delving into. And I've been fortunate. I've never had to have that choice. Um, I've had friends that have. Yeah. And I'm like, do what you got to do. I will help you any way I can. Because that's something they have to figure out. Yeah, and that's, it's up to them. Like, why do you feel like as an elderly male, you need to, like, make laws over things like that? Because it's just like, you know, it's like, I'm not like some, like, over-preachy feminist or anything. Right. But I do believe in, like, you know, agency for one's own, like, um, business. One agency, the privacy, all that stuff, you know. It, if she has the funds to profit, to, not to profit, to actually fund said abortion, mm-hmm. one, and they got actual experts on it that can help have a safe one without it being like, you know, if it's advanced to this point where they can make it safely, right. what is the, the issue, really? Because it's like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm a male and everything, you know, it's just, I don't feel like that's my place, personally, to say who lives however they want to live or whatever, and that's not my place to say, oh yeah, you gotta wait until, like, you're sexually assaulted to do this, you gotta wait till this happens. Right. You know, it's like, why do you have to wait for someone to get violated for them to do something? Right, and it's then just, now yeah. they're even saying, if you get violated, I had a girlfriend many years ago yeah. get raped in New Orleans. Yeah. She had the child. You know, the child has done beautifully. But to this day, she knows nothing about her father, no medical information, no, you know, and she was at the time, you know, a 22-year-old in college. That's sad. You know, what You're do you You're basically do? a baby at that point. Too. Right. I mean, I'm 24. I'm thinking, wow, we really are just kids. They're just kind of overgrown when you think about it. And we're trying to really make it in this world. So it's like, you know, that 20s, that's a very vulnerable simple time because, like, especially if you haven't been exposed to too much and everything, right. you can't really be able to pick up like, who could be doing something like facetious to you or something like messed up. Mm-hmm. So it's just like for her to even, that's like, you know, truth to her, man, like gold medal for her for raising that child and yeah. everything and the child to be okay. But that's very embarrassing to know that you like you know pretty much spawned off of, like something like an assault an assault exactly yeah. and and how does that affect a child you know mentally mm-hmm. knowing that i mean you know most people that adopt children don't tell them until they're older so they can comprehend it and understand it yeah. but if you're a child of rape yeah. you know and or god forbid incest yeah. you know and they're saying to these young women Mm -hmm. um, that don't have the ability to make decisions as an adult Mm -hmm. yet that they have no say. I listened to um, a representative the other day on The View, believe it or not, and she was like, when I went in, because I had been raped and I was pregnant, they told me you're not be on welfare, you're not be on food stamps, you're gonna do this, the child's not gonna have a good life, blah, blah, blah. She goes, I walked into another room where there were white girls and they were given all these options of what they could do. 
yeah man yeah there's a whole lot of racial stigmas and profound that comes with like you know there's always like a like a black and white thing for like us but it's like it's really like not even just black and white in terms of just like oh the skin color but even the experience it's like day and night there's there's no gray areas anymore and everything is not black and white and if you feel you have to live in that box you're gonna lose rights the issue i see is like they need to have younger people in office like andrew yang i wanted andrew yang to get in office so bad when he was like running because it's just like he actually explained what the issues are y'all blaming it on like oh it's the immigrants it's this is that no times are changing jobs are changing i had to look for a job so long and everything myself i i graduated out of north carolina central university at a a business school and everything and i thought everything was going to be so dandy because i graduated near the top of my class Mm -hmm. and in a sense it was like for for my jobs at dc sadly i had to stay in charlotte due to some other issues and everything it was so hard to find just a good job in charlotte as it is you know because the job market wasn't as open now it's like i'm going to be in this program that might hook me up like with an internship with like you know Mm -hmm. that field and everything you know god thank you thank you god for that but it's just like at the same token it's just like he actually knew a way to actually like you know, benefit the country. Right. That the Grandy has a little bit younger. He could probably understand like things going on in the modern times compared to where somebody else doesn't really get it. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not trying to like yeah. get at Joe Biden for anything, but it's just like, dude, it's like you're at a stage of time where you're through several different decades. You know, you don't grow up in this time. You don't grow up near this time. It's going to be hard for you to really understand what's really going on. Exactly. And it's just like that's that's what really my what irritates me because y'all put all this time at who the. Oh, I think somebody's trying to video check. Oh, no, not now. Uh-uh. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's like, anyway, it's just, I don't know. There's always something going on it's like, you know, on my phone for some reason. But it's just it's just crazy. Like, it's just like, it shouldn't be like that. We need to get younger people. John F. Kennedy went in office, changes were made, and then, like, you know, like, it's because of, like, the changes he made, made the country as it is what it is right now with the whole civil rights thing right. and everything because he was willing to make that change. Imagine we get, like, a younger, younger person Younger, respectable family, mm-hmm. understanding family. Ain't got to be so open-minded or whatever. Yeah. But just, just somebody that actually knows what's going on in the time that actually wants to help these times. Then we'd be set for a cool decade because then we exactly. can put that into, into like, the habits of putting younger people into position. 35-year-olds uh, to 40. You got to be 35 to be president. Yes. Yeah, it is. Wow, that's like right around the corner. That's like eleven years away from me, my age. I'm twenty four. So. I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm forty nine, so I've I've, I've slinged past that one. <laughs> no, seriously, but it's like literally, they need to get people around that age group. At least forty. I can do. 40. I agree. I agree. Like you know, forty, forty five, even fifty, because they've they're still a Gen X. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've lived with the baby boomers. And the millennials. Yes. So they kind of understand a little bit of both. Not everything, but they've got a feel for it. They can bridge the gap. Right. There's no gap bridging now. There's none. There's none. And and I think, you know, with parents trying to teach morals and safety and all that, growing up and respect, um, you know, when you have people that are running for office calling each other names and like five-year-olds at the playground. And if you don't play this way, I'm going to take my ball and go home. It's ridiculous. What, what does that show other countries about us? 
I mean, it shows exactly what they need to show. I mean, that's basically the state of our country. We we always push for representatives, people that we think reflect our values and everything. And then they make like bumbling fools out of themselves. And then we like, you know, be like, uh, be trying to argue about it side to side. And then you got people storming in the White House. Like, what was the point in that? And I think about things like that. We're really living in like a weird time because I don't even feel like they even knew what they were trying to do. Like, okay, Donald Trump lost. You could get back in the office again. Right. Like, just wait until that time. See what Joe Biden does. No one's really, it's not a whole lot of fireworks. No. I didn't even vote for dude. I voted for Howie Hawkins because I feel like he was the one person in between that did once and backed up with some corporation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I remember when um, Trump and Hillary ran, I voted for the person I wrote in. I wrote in um, Paul Ryan. At the time, he was the speaker. He held himself with a certain distinction. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he didn't stay in office long after that. He got out because he saw it was getting crazy. And he's like, I got kids raised. I can't deal with all this. Yeah, man, it's just too much. And the fact that it's, like, even, like, government, like, not your government, like, even applying for office or running, running for, it's just now it's become just ghetto now, where it's just, like, where people start, like, insulting people and the most obnoxious person. Like, I, I just talk about it, like, all the time. It's like, you know, Americans, we don't really vote for, like, presidents. Or anything. We mostly vote for things like American Idol or something like that. Right. Like, we're very, like, commercial on that end, where it's just, like, you know, I think it's starting to bleed into the presidency now where it's all about representation, yeah. never about policies, never about about like what do you want to see the future be in the future and i just i don't know if we're gonna do it hey if we want to do it like american idol let's put them on a on a um on a stage stage and let's do something let's show me how you negotiate do you throw a tantrum tantrum and run out of the room well that doesn't get us anywhere (laughs) do you talk and try to see both sides and come to a compromise somewhere you know I just want some compromising going on. Yeah, no, seriously. I feel like a lot, we're at a weird uh, weird, uh, crossroads right now, you know, that's like, you know, a lot of the morality of America is really just put into jeopardy where we really don't know exactly what type of America we're trying to be. And I feel like it's just like, it's just two different sides where people who come from poverty, Mm -hmm. people who really like have more of an understanding of how things are going on, this new generation, you know, like, you know, the gender, whatever, uh, whatever it's just like gender fluidity whatever the situation is and that scares some people and then some people it's just like okay whatever it's their life why do i gotta dictate other people's lives and then it's just like you know so there's like a bit of fear on both ends but it's like you know my my, my outlook on the situation is that everything's gonna change whether you're if it's in your time being alive mm-hmm. or not you know, it's just like, it's not, people are so fearful of like, you know, things of that nature. And it's like, I get it. You know, I understand. We never thought we were going to reach this stage and everything. And it's cool to keep your ethics, you know, but keep your ethics within your household. Right. You know, it doesn't threaten how you live. Like, people are going to live how they're going to want to live. Right. And it's just like making, you know, like losing your minds over things like that because you want the world to be a certain way isn't a good way to, you know, to be, whether it be a good Christian or whatever. Right. Sometimes it's just good to just be loving and just be like that and just let it go. Be nice. That's nice. that's all I'm saying. Be nice. Okay. I mean, as veterans, you know, I go into like the VA system mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, I used to see these nurses come out and like, kind of talk down to the older service members and I would think oh my god they wouldn't even have a job if it weren't for the service member right here why are they doing that 
you know, and it's, it's because they're tired. They feel overwhelmed. Everybody's to that point. They just feel so overwhelmed. And where do you turn? I mean, I know on a fixed income, like my money doesn't stretch. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, nobody's does. Whether you're getting a $100,000 paycheck or you're getting a $40,000 paycheck, if you're living even within your means, it just doesn't stretch like it used to. I mean, yeah, man. I don't know what it is, man. I feel like now you, like, you have to get a roommate if you want to live comfortable. And I don't want to live with a roommate. So I'm going to have to work very hard. I have to stay with my mom for a little bit longer. I feel like I'm 24. Like people usually this age usually live on their own. Some people do. Some people, a lot of people don't now because it's just like the way. I don't know if it's the economy reason or just like, you know, I don't try to place blame on anything. But I feel like, you know, as young people, I feel like we're kind of like in this generation. I feel like we're stacked with like a lot. Gas prices, wow. Rent price is wild. Everything is so wild. Presidents are wild. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing really makes sense, really, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, you know, I went to the grocery store yesterday and was going to get some juice. Some juicy juice juice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was, it used to be two twenty nine. It was three sixty nine, And I was like, what happened to affordable even the food line brand was you know three something and you're like i was just here last week mm -hmm, yeah. and it was 2.99 and it wasn't on sale so what happened you know i really don't know to be honest that's just, that's just how life is but yeah you've lived through like about like you're born what year 73 73 so. so you pretty much you see you pretty much grew up in the 80s um oh yeah lived through the 90s essentially, oh, yeah. and all the wonderful times that it came with you know you know i remember when um my ex-husband and i lived in virginia beach um he was in the navy still a submariner and I remember when Y2K, New Year's came, and I thought to myself, I am at home all by myself. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to buy a house at 22 okay, nice. because of the military. Okay. But, you know, now I still have that military benefit. I can't afford these interest rates, mm -hmm. and I couldn't afford the houses before the interest rates mm -hmm. because— they went up so much. Oh, wow. I mean, I bought a house in 2010 here in Charlotte, mm -hmm. and it got to be too much because I was a single woman at the time. Yeah. And, you know, stuff started breaking. Oh, wow. Well, you know, when you work 70 hours a week and you're, you know, I just said, you know, I'd rather rent. It's so much easier. Mm -hmm. So I sold my house. Yeah. Do you know the other day I looked it up, it had been sold again during this mess that's going on, and it sold for $480,000. I bought it for one sixty nine. Wow. So it's like a whole lot more and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie. But, you know. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, man, houses are getting really expensive nowadays. Like, I think one of my one house, like I think, is just like that. I'm like my dream, not like my dream dream house, but one house, like in this in the city where I went to college at in Durham and everything. It was like, it was like really nice. I think it's like 
about uh one million and two hundred thousand dollars, which is oh, like yeah. you know, it, I guess it's, it's nice for the, for these times. Right. <laughs> but it's just like you know, it's like it's like there's four bedrooms and everything like that. So it's like you know, like I really for the next couple, I'm really gonna have to work if I really want to get that house. Like I'm really gonna have to put the elbow grease in to make that happen. But I also had to accept that somebody else might buy that house and like might be living their lives though too. You know? Yeah, so, but you know, you never know that price could drop. I mean, I've been watching the real estate market. I was in real estate for a long time up in Virginia. And, you know, just seeing the prices as I watch Realtor.com prices say, you know, slashed $5,000, dropped $10,000 because the interest rates are going up. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to drop the price where people can still afford a house. I mean, well, it's just like, I, I, once again, I just, I never really understand what really put about all that influx and everything. That's the thing that really That's does That's what I don't get either. I mean, I remember in 08 when the bottom fell out of Charlotte, you know, the banks were like, don't know what to tell you. And we bailed them out. Mm-hmm. And we bailed the Ford, or not Ford, Ford did not take a bail out. We bailed out, um, what, Dodge and Chevrolet. You know, um, should we get stock options when the country bails out other companies? I have no clue, man. All I know is, like, there was once a time, and I didn't, and sadly, I didn't live in this time. That's why I asked you, it was like, where you live, like, through the 80s and 90s, where a lot of these things were a little bit more affordable. Mm -hmm. Or people could just go to high school and then start a business, and they'd be set. Yeah. And now it's just, like, now you got to get a degree, and, like, even if you get a degree, it's not really guaranteed. You got to go and get your master's, even that's not guaranteed. Right. You know, and it's just like, you know, it's just like everyone has to find their own way to try to make things work for themselves and mm-hmm. everything. Whether well, they want to go into business for themselves, have multiple streams of income. It's like, you know, it just feels like it seems so unrealistic. It really does. It really does. And and you just have to, you know, bear with it, grin and bear it until it gets out. You know, that's what I tell my mom all the time. I say, well, you know, you got to rob Peter and pay Paul sometimes. Do you, do you feel like it could probably get better over the years, maybe? You know, I hope so. Um, this quote unquote cost of living increase that Social Security um, recipients and, you know, veterans are going to see, you know, is basically about $200 extra a month. That doesn't cover what I'm missing. You know, I mean, that doesn't cover the price, doesn't cover the price of. You know, rentals used to, I got my first rental in Atkins Circle and paid six forty five a month for a one bedroom with a deck and everything. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that one bedroom's going for about twelve eighty now. You know, I mean how exactly how are you supposed to live alone when you can't you can afford it. Afford it. I mean, man, it's just like, that's why I just work hard to get these corporate jobs, man, because it's just like, you got to be up in the higher high to really be getting certain benefits mm-hmm. and everything. So it's just like, you know, I, I interviewed someone who works at uh, corporate for Bank of America and she just moved her mom uh, down here, I think, too. And I think they're living together and stuff of that nature. A shout out Christiana Slaughter. Um, but uh, Christina Slaughter, sorry, thinking <laughs> people's names. It's all good. But it's like, um, but it's like, yeah, that's why I just want to ask, like, what was life like? Like between like decade to decade from the 80s to the 90s to the uh, to the 2000s and the 2010s like what are the differences oh my gosh i can say that 
Like the 70s were just carefree, mm -hmm. you know. You rode in the back of a pickup truck on the tailgate with your feet hanging down, mm -hmm. and nobody said anything to you. Mm -hmm. You'd have a truck full of people, and nobody would say anything to you. You know, um, I don't even think you can do that now. You know, um, in the 80s, again, carefree. That's when um, they were letting them write off interest charges to credit cards on their taxes. Okay. So that's why everybody went credit card happy. Uh -huh. um, the 90s, you know, I was in high school and college. And, um, and it was an amazing time. Oh, my gosh. It was. That's why I had to join the military. I had to get my head out of my bum. Uh -huh. um, I was having too much fun. I bet it was. You got hip hop and everything. I bet the college parties were crazy. This is before social media, so it's beyond like the whole pettiness or the right. softness or anything. I bet everybody was just chilling, just having a good time. Oh my gosh. If social media would have been around when I was growing up, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have survived. Mm -hmm. My parents would have definitely caught me and, <laughs> you know, we were going to the movies. Yeah. Well, we were outside the movie theater, mm -hmm. you know. But we didn't go in. Mm -hmm. You know, you went to Taco Bell and hung out. I don't think kids have any place to really go anymore. Yeah, we do. We go to day parties and some parties here and Hardy's there. But it's just like everybody's just more focused just on being there and then taking pictures to say they've been there and everything. Right. You know, so it's just like, you know, finding time because we know everything's so expensive now. Finding time to really like just revel with your friends becomes like a bit of an easy. That's one of my biggest problems now because it's like I got this job. I work from 10 45 to 7 a.m. and everything. I was a care associate for Novon Health. So it's like, I, like when I go home, if I sleep early, good. If I sleep late and everything, then it's like I have to be late for work. And you feel like you're. It's just trying to catch up to all the day. next thing to the next thing to the next mm -hmm. thing. I always keep myself busy with the podcast thing. And then it's like, I got, I want to get back into doing music again. And then it's like, you know, I want to be able to get up with a year up to go take their classes at CPCC. So I'd be able to get on those corporative, um, um, the corporation circles and everything. So it's, like, it's a lot that we have to do to really, you know, like I'm 24 going 25 mm -hmm. next year. So it's like, you know, I feel like a lot of my primitive years, like formative years, like I didn't really get to have as much fun as I wanted to right. because I had to work so much. I had to focus on school, trying to be on top of my classes. You know, it was just it was just a lot. I don't even remember. Like, I'd be having fun from time to time, but it's never just like the vibes of everything. is just so lackluster. I remember in my high school years, yeah. um, you know, I had a gas car. Gas was 99 cents. And I drove a big old Caprice Classic. So, you know. You were getting around. I was getting around. And, you know, it was $20 to fill up the car. Every weekend, I went to Panama City Beach, which was an hour and a half away. Because you could. Mm -hmm. You could go to the beach for the day on a tank of gas. And opposed to now, you know, driving from Charlotte to Myrtle Beach or or Charleston, Folly Beach, or wherever, Wilmington Beach, you can't afford it. Mm. I mean, like, I'm driving up to the mountains, which is three hours away next week mm -hmm. for my um, stepmom's 85th birthday. Oh, and God bless her. I know. And she looks great. Wonderful. God bless her for that. You never know. And I'm like, I had a trip to Duke for my arm, and I had this this week mm -hmm. or next week and i was like that's 200 extra dollars i've got to find in my budget for gas wow. to go to duke for the day wow. for a doctor's treatment mm -hmm. and to go to 
my stepmoms. Mm. You know, so, you know, back in the day, you know, I said to my father before he passed, I said, so, Dad, will we have a, a show card this day and age? He's like, hell no. I couldn't afford it. Mm. You know, but, and we were not well-to-do family. Mm. We were middle class when it still existed oh yeah middle class i don't even know what middle class even is now i just feel you have to be rich in order to even right. live now. you're either struggling or you're not there's no happy medium there's no gray like we were talking about um you know but oh man i had so much fun i was very fortunate to have parents that would let me do and reel me back in just finding a balance like they weren't so over the top over right. you especially you're a female in those times too and even like even in general and everything right. like it's always like you know sex trafficking and everything like that that's good because at least it gives you more space to actually grow within your own person right everything you know like some people who are sheltered they don't know how to connect with others and everything and move on i feel like that's one of my issues i don't like my issues per se because i feel like you know growing up it's like i had to go to like these smaller kind of like schools and everything mm -hmm. i didn't really go into the area but i didn't really start to expand into myself really really until like you know an hbcu mm -hmm. uh, i went to north carolina central university right. and everything and it was just like you know i was like man i always thought i was the problem but really i just i need to really just branch out you know and, and stuff of that nature so i'm planning on going to maybe washington dc um next year that's what i'm trying to relocate is going to dc here my dad lives in arlington Oh, and, wow. uh, and he works at the hospital at Howard University, which is the school I'm trying to go next. Oh, wow. And everything. So it's just it's just stuff of that nature. I feel like it's a line for me to go there eventually. It's just taking me a while. So yeah. It does. It takes longer for um, your generation to get through stuff. I think my generation was more stubborn and bullheaded. We either went straight to college, which is what I did, and I had way too much fun. Um. Or you got a job. Uh, yeah. There was no play in between. Some went to school at night. Um, but when I got out of the military, I said, I want this now. <laughs> I know what it's like to scrimp and stuff. I want more. Mm. You know? And so I, the VA paid for me to go back to school. Okay, nice. Um, which I have a degree that I've done absolutely nothing with. Oh, what what do you get a degree in? I have a degree in uh, as paralegal. Oh, paralegal. I'm certified as a bookkeeper oh. and just um, general business. Oh, and you never had to get a job in that field. You just whatever you no, tried to. No, I just well. When I was in high school, I had all my um, credits except two. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking college courses, I said, send me over to the vocational school and let me get something that I can do while I'm in school to pay for my stuff. Okay. And bookkeeping has literally found me a job my entire life. So bookkeeping has always found you a job. Always. Oh, okay, that's wonderful. I mean, I recommend it to anybody. Get their little degree in bookkeeping and know how to type. Just know how to type, basically. Know how, know how to type. Okay, okay, well, that's wonderful. But uh, I know you explained, like, although you were in the Navy and everything, which I know you've uh, probably... What are some experiences in the Navy you feel like nowhere else is really, you know, nowhere else could ever gotten experience? Okay, like, 
I was fortunate enough to have a car on the base. Okay. It was a student um, command. Mm-hmm. So most students didn't have vehicles. Oh, okay. So friends, because I was younger than most of the staff, mm-hmm. I had to get permission to be able to hang out with students mm-hmm. because I was a staff member. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, friends would come by and borrow the car, and I'd be asleep, and they'd come and park it, and it wouldn't be in the same spot, mm-hmm. okay? And I remember calling into work going, I can't find my car, and they were like, oh, one of those nights. And I was like, no, hadn't drank at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fa- finally found my car. Some, they sent somebody to come pick me up to drive around all the parking lots on the base mm-hmm. to find my car. But one time I lent my car to a fellow student, and she was carjacked. Oh. And they stole my car. Dang. And she had to come and wake me up and tell me, your car's been stolen. Oh, wow. And I was like, you're joking, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I just had liability. It was a little POS, you know. You do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was fun. I remember taking a friend of mine to work in the military and he would always come in and like iron my uniform because it was never ironed Mm -hmm. while I was getting ready and stuff and um one day he waited in and literally there was nothing but beer cans we used to hide our beer because we were underage drinking Mm -hmm. in the chief's refrigerator next door when we had room inspections so we wouldn't get busted Oh, okay. Smart. <laughs> you know, but, you know, back then, it wasn't as stressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was everything against marijuana. Okay. You know, um, now, psychiatrists at the VA will tell you straight up, take some CBD. Oh, yeah. They don't mention anything if you pop positive. Mm-hmm. For marijuana. Okay. But they will not give you narcotics if you have marijuana in your system. Okay. So these are little things I've learned. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, there were so many good times in the Navy. It taught me so much about myself. Like, how, you know, when you get to that point, you're like, that's it. I can't do another push-up. And then you hear... If everybody doesn't do 10 more, we're going another, you know, three hours. And you find that 10. You find that 10 and you're like, let me get these out. Oh, my God. Because you don't want to exercise anymore. You don't want to go running anymore. You're tired. You know, but you find that strength, that core comes out of you from somewhere just saying if you can get through this it's eight weeks it's eight weeks just push yourself through it the best story i have when i was in the navy okay was it was my third day and they were talking about heads and eyes straightforward keep your military bearing you don't look down when you walk you look at the back of the person's head in front of you If they go down, you know there's an issue. So I'm walking, I'm marching in formation, and nobody bothered to tell us there were craters in the sidewalk in Orlando where we marched. So as I marched, I literally fell in a hole, twisted my ankle, 
rolled, people stepped over me. And I ran and got back up in in my position. And I was like, oh, my God, tears are running down my eyes. I was hurting so bad. And um, somebody told our company commander, hey, you, uh, Yates fell. And uh, she's like, you hurt? I'm like, no, ma'am. Because she had already lectured us about girls not being able to handle it. Mm. I was like, no, ma'am, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I sprained my ankle pretty bad. And I got put on light shit, light duty. And um, so there's a day called one five day in the Navy, where is where you see if you're physically fit and you do all the running and the push ups, and then they can officially start busting your butt, working you out at their pace. Da 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 da. Well, they said everybody get online. I got online. I, I was terrified, <laughs> and um. They start making us do push-ups and jump up and down and duck squats and duck walks. Well, this is ripping my ankle apart. And I wasn't going to say, um, excuse me, <laughs> I've got a light duty. Yeah. You know, and I finally fell and I couldn't get back up. Wow. And my company commander, another company commander yelled over here, you got to slacker, basically, in not so nice terms. And, um... My company commander came over and she goes, what are you doing? You're on light duty. I said, you told us to get on the line. I'm getting on the line. And she goes, you know, I've never met anybody on one five day that already knew what teamwork was. And I was like, okay, please don't remember my name. I just want to get out of here in eight weeks. (laughs) But, you know, they said, oh, well, she's got military bearing. She fell in the hole. Nobody else did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe this will get me through. <laughs> but that was one of the funniest, like, you know, besides people just cracking on you, you know. Um, I was doing a job of, like, an E6, and I was, like, an E3. So they're substantially higher in rank than I am, but they didn't have anybody qualified enough to do it. So I was just from civilian life stuff. And so they were letting me do the speech and sign people up for stuff and all that. And other people, like there was the Montgomery GI speech where you you sign it if you want it. You sign it twice if you don't. Don't ask me why. It's the government. These people that would fall out, fail at a nuke school that were officers were giving these speeches. They weren't having them sign it right. So I would have to call the company back and do all that and redo it and mess up their schedule because he didn't do his job right. So I would yell at them. I mean, we were basically the same age. Granted, they were officers and I knew better. And I probably should have got my butt in in trouble. But I'm like, how hard is it? Sign twice or sign once, you know? But they were getting kicked out. So they didn't care. I'm of the thought process, if you're doing something, at least put all of it into it. You know, at least try. Put your best foot forward. It might not be the right foot, 
but put it forth and say, yeah, I'll help. I'll, I'll figure it out. And I'm the first one to say, yep, I messed that up. You know, and I think if you can't do that, um, there's an issue. I couldn't do it when my mental health and my medications weren't right. You know, I, I couldn't put the two and two together. And, um, you know, I'm bipolar. I've got major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I take thyroid medication because of it. And um, You were diagnosed at 19, correct? I was diagnosed at 19, and it's hereditary. And no one in my family had it. And about five years later, my grandfather came down with it. And then my mom came down with it about 10 years later. But they were in like their 40s and he was like in his 50s or 60s. So later on in life. So way later on. You're like an OG with it, basically. Right, right. And I'm like, you're going to do what? Um, And I didn't know what was wrong. Mm. I had no idea what was wrong because nobody ever tells you about a thyroid. I was like, a what? Nor that it controls your emotions, your your thought process, oh. your metabolism. Oh, thyroid to control is all that? Yes. So we do recommend people to check their thyroid? I would recommend people to check their thyroid um, every year. Every year. Every year. Um, if someone in your family has a thyroid issue, I would say every six months. Okay. Um, and thyroids are responsible for what exactly? I forget. Um, I know you say like it regulates moves, right? But like, like biologically, it's like a, like it filters certain bile[s] in the body. Or no, it's a lymphoid, and oh, it's okay. right here at the base of your neck. So if you ever hear somebody say, "Oh, they had a goiter," okay. that's like a swollen knot in their throat mm. that bows up, and it kind of looks like a bullfrog kind of sticking out. Okay. Um, that's one of the first cases. Um, but thyroid, there's a bunch of different things. There's hyperthyroid where everything's going so fast, like your adrenaline and everything, 90 miles an hour. Okay. And then your hypo is where everything slows down. So if you're hyper, you're losing weight, but you're not getting all the nutritions that you need. If you're hypo, you're gaining weight mm-hmm. because you're everything's not working properly. It's just processing so slowly. Right. So if you're hyper, they give you radioactive iodine to kill your thyroid. Mm-hmm. And then they put you on medicine to get you there. Mm-hmm. If you're hypo, they... Um, immediately put you on medicine Mm -hmm. and then they make sure see what your thyroid's doing and either go ahead and kill it and put you on supplemental medication or they can just put you on supplemental medication it could already be dead that is so great and how did this like affect your life over there because you had it like from since you were 19 and right how old are you right now i'm 49 so 49 so that's like a good three decades and everything you know the same situation and so like you were 19 like well you're in the 90s right yeah. Um, when it first happened, like, I would reach, you probably don't remember these commercials, but other people do. Yeah, I was born in 1998, so yeah. not a whole lot of memories. Um, the AT&T reach out and touch someone commercials, yeah. those would come on, and I would start bawling. I mean, just crying hysterically. And don't play a Summer's Eve commercial where they're like, Mom, can I ask you a question? I don't know why. <laughs> 
but it would just make me cry. And I always felt so amped up because everything was processing more, faster and faster. And um, it really messed me up mentally. I think I had my first um, suicide attempt at about 20. Dang, at 20. Yeah. I won't push you to that point if you you don't have to tell me. No, no, I don't even... You don't even remember? Remember, I don't... There was nothing that said, oh, it was just, this sucks and I'm done. Okay, well... And, you know, I've had... I think four or five more attempts. Every time that's happened, my thyroid medication has been off. Uh, and you still take thyroid medication to this day? Every day. If you don't take it and you don't have a thyroid, you will die. Wow. Wow. So it's like really, it's really important for you right. to really do that. And yeah. I can usually tell if my levels are, something's off. Something's mm -hmm. not right. Something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And usually if I say test my levels, they'll, something is off. Okay, well, you would recommend that it would be best to just check your thyroid, you, men and women? Men and women, um, because men can get it too. Obviously, my grandfather got it, but um, it's hereditary from your mother's father's side of the family. And um, lo and behold, it was. Okay. I just got it first. They said that the strenuous um, activity from boot camp and the stress of all that is what threw it into overdrive. And I was like, oh, well, that was interesting. Okay. Um, so stress can affect thyroid. Stress can affect thyroid. Um, and just get it going okay. or make it go. I'm not playing anymore. And... Um, it's, it's like when I had um, my son, my thyroid levels changed. Every time I've had a medical procedure, usually something throws it off and you have to get an adjustment of your levels. Oh, man, I didn't know that. So, like, somebody could be living with thyroid problem, they wouldn't even know it. Unless they're, like, gaining weight mm -hmm. hugely and they're like, God, I hadn't eaten in two days, mm -hmm. but I put on 10 pounds. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, if you're hypo, you're gaining weight. Mm -hmm. If you're hyper, I lost 50 pounds in a week one time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is great. No idea that it was something that could really you know, mess you, you, mess really you up. up. Well, and I know you spoke about how, like, you're at one point, like, homeless. Did that have anything to do with your thyroid condition? Yeah, or, yeah. that um, was another uh, suicide attempt. Um, Just, you know, life sucks. I'm done. And, um, and what led to being homeless, actually? Well, I um, my liver levels um, got off. Um, I had taken too much Tylenol. Um, and... Um, that put me in the hospital for about three weeks. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what was causing it. I wasn't saying anything because I was like, whatever. They gave me six months to live mm -hmm. and said they need to look in putting me on a um, liver transplant list. Okay. And um, my mom, I was living in Charleston or Salisbury at the time, not Salisbury. What's that other S one right there in Green by Greenville? And then South Carolina. Yeah, I they got Myrtle Beach, Charleston, Spartanburg. Spartanburg. I was yeah. living in Spartanburg, and uh, my mom came down. They had just moved to New Jersey and brought me up there. And my aunt had um, lots of cats, mm -hmm. lots of cats. She was definitely the crazy cat lady. 
Sweetest woman ever. Y'all know one. Yeah. So, um, but I couldn't stay in her house because of the cats with the liver issue. So they moved me into the homeless um, shelter at Lions VA. Um, it was called the domiciliary. We don't have those down here. Okay. And it's a place where mostly drug addicts end up. Uh-huh. And um, they go through a program. They're clean when they come in. They have to have a good DD-214. And there's resume writing classes. There's um, programs where you can work while you're going through your learning and everything. Um, I taught because I wasn't a drug addict. Um, I taught resume writing and courses on the computer mm-hmm. to other veterans that were older mm-hmm. that didn't have those skills okay. um, while I was there. They did have a computer lab. They had a wonderful gym. Mm-hmm. They had a bowling alley. Oh, nice. And they had a movie theater. That is really cool. And this is a homeless shelter It's now. a homeless shelter. There were 85 men mm-hmm. and there were four women. Wow, so that's already a little bit off. Nothing crazy happened, right? No, no, no. The guys, um, I was definitely a fish out of water because, first off, my name's Georgia. You know, I've got this southern accent. I'm from North Florida, and I'm like, hi, how y'all doing? In the middle of New Jersey, about 20 minutes away from Newark. <laughs> and they're like, what is this crazy girl doing here? You know, um, you know, and I got all the questions, you know, do you have uh, Waffle House on every corner, Circle K or 7-Eleven on every corner? Love Waffle House. I, I, I'm going to miss it when I'm in D.C. Yeah. And Bojangles. Oh, God, right? Yes. So, you know, all of those jokes came at me. Um, but they were very protective of me. I was the only white female there. Mm. I was one of maybe 10 white people all together okay. in the homeless shelter. Um, there are African Americans, Latinos, and were there Asian folks there too? No. No Asian. No Asian. Um, Filipinos tend to join the Navy. Okay. Um, that I know. But because um, we have a base there. Okay. But um, yeah, it, and it was definitely a fish out of water situation but i embraced it i said you know all these people they might have issues but they too signed a blank check saying they would die for their country mm. no matter what okay so i looked at it like that and they treated me like a little sister they were they were great right. showed me how to get around on the train i'd never done public transportation that's for sure okay. um you know, stuff like that. But it was quite eye-opening, the different resources they have up north mm-hmm. compared to what we have down south. So you probably need more homeless shelters like that is what you're saying. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, a movie theater and they got bowling. It's like, I feel like people, like, especially if there's a rehab situation going mm-hmm. on too, I feel like that would really be helpful for a lot of homeless situations here. And there's classes. Each person is assigned a counselor, a therapist, and a psychiatrist. You have a team that works with you and gets you through it. Um, to you know, I've been invited up there to to tell my story because um, I did get married to a, a drug addict, um. and you know, people were like, "Couldn't you tell?" I'd never been around it. How would I be able to tell? Now I can tell. 
Yeah, you're gonna have to save that for the next season. Because <laughs> like Matt, we're we're getting close to the hour and everything. I'm like, hey, now she got more stories on top of more stories. <laughs> like we ain't even scratched the surface yet. Like, hey, I can't wait to get you on the next episode for sure. But we're we're still, keep going though. Keep no, going. no. I mean, it was just so empowering, and you know, the people that leave there or asked, you know, give us one of your pictures from when you were in the Navy or in the military. And so they have all these people that have left and circled around and done so much better with their lives. There are pictures up there to show other veterans, look, these people made it through. And when you're there the first three weeks, is nothing but classes on drugs and dealing with the craving and the wanting and and the addiction. It was very... Very interesting um, and a great resource for veterans. But they, when I called to ask for a veteran, a place for veterans to go down here, they told me I could go to the city homeless shelter. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a big F you for sure. Because it's like, you know, like, I would think like there'll be more resources for veterans. Because like, y'all had to deal with a whole lot of like crazy experiences mm-hmm. and everything in the Army, you know, PTSD and everything. So y'all, y'all would be more likely prone to getting in and take it with like drug abuse mm-hmm. or alcoholism and things of that nature. And it's just like, I feel like as a country, it's our responsibility to really mind a lot of those situations. Yeah. Because it's like for our, for like these people, people to even on a moralistic level as mm-hmm. uh, so every other level for them to be just sent across the country to just risk their lives those types of way and then we just be like eh, whatever you know it's just yeah. like it kind of just makes it seem like our country just doesn't care or you don't realize how crazy it is, like we're at, like a literal superpower in the world to have like that kind of like power to actually protect our own country with such a military where like other countries have no protection right. whatsoever. Like they have drug cartels or something like that. I'll, and it doesn't help. It's like, I'll why? tell you how much the government does not care about their military or their military families who support the military person. Mm-hmm. Um, when a hurricane would come mm-hmm. up to Virginia beach area or nor'easter as they called them, um, they would send the ships out to sea. Mm-hmm. So all the military personnel were gone. Mm-hmm. And that left the wives with the kids wow. to take care of the house in the middle of a nor'easter. Wow. So I'd be like, you know, that's that's kind of messed up. Really? No, that is seriously messed up. I just, I don't know. This country is so weird and everything is so many times away. Like, I grew up in this country, mm-hmm. man. It's just, you know, parents divorced. I went through the education system. I was, like, bro- bullied horrendously mm-hmm. uh, when I had to go to predominantly um, uh, white institutions, like in Ballantyne Plantation area and everything. You know, it's just like, you know, it's... My mom's uh, sense was just like, if they put me out there and everything, like, maybe I get the best education. It's all the same CMS, really. It just depends on, like, what you make of it. Because I had cousins who went to Garinger, and Garinger didn't have the best uh, uh, reputation. But he went from there to go to college just as easy and then went to uh, Western Carolina to play football and everything. Oh, wow. It's just you just got to make your make it work. But I struggled after high school because I had, like, no sense of ground with ever because everybody I was around me was just, like, really, like, a, like either a fake friend or just mm-hmm. a horrible person. So I was always harassed and everything and all types of weird times I had to go through. I had to separate myself from all of them just to find my footing and, like, go to university and get my degree and everything. And yourself. Yeah, like, but I had to fight for that. Like, mm-hmm. why do I have to fight for that in an education system that's supposed to help you and 
everything. You know, why do like military personnel have to like fight just to get any sense of like life out here mm-hmm. and everything? You had to go through a homeless shelter. Veterans and homeless shouldn't even be in the same sense. Exactly. Like they should always be taken care of for just that should always be guaranteed when they gave. But it's like it's this, that's just the reality of this country and everything. The the prison system is completely messed up, human rights violations mm-hmm. and everything. Military's not taken care of. Uh, the homeless not taken care of. Education system is like you know it just depends on where you're. You know what's crazy you know. about the the education system with oh. the lottery? You know they put out what the money goes to all the time, right? Because yeah. I don't understand why teachers can't get paid more. Do you know salaries and payroll are not included with the education lottery? Wow, seriously? None of that is covered. I was like, are you kidding? There are the South. We just gave somebody $2 billion and we can't take some of that money and put it towards education. I just don't understand it. Yeah, man. No, seriously. And it's just like, you know, I lived throughout the times in North Carolina, like Charlotte CMS system where they really kind of like segregated a lot of the schooling zones mm-hmm. like like you know after like we can go on the bus and go whatever school you wanted to and then it was mm-hmm. just like they just cut it off out of nowhere after two years in cms it's like i started from a catholic school like for elementary Ooh. school which was which was all right i mean they had its ups and down but it was like it was cool like, yeah. it was smaller but it was elementary school like right. nothing crazy, nothing happens, crazy in middle, happens in elementary. middle school and everything they cut us right off like after seventh grade and everything sister seventh grade got busting Eighth grade, none. My mom had to drive me all the way to Valentine every day, and it was hectic because I was like my worst year in middle school. Oh my god! There was gosh. so much stuff going on and everything. Like you know, it's just it was just sad and depressing because it's like you know, in this day and age, I know this happened like some time ago, but oh, it's like in yeah, this, but it stays with you. It's just in this day and age, it's like I feel like you know we're going to, in the trajectory on it. I don't know where we're headed in this country. I don't know if we're going down. We're going. Up. I don't know if there's any hope at all. I want to believe things can get better, but I feel like it's going to be up to us, this generation, to make it better. And that's what's kind of sad because I feel like a lot of us kind of missed out on some things with the generation that we didn't feel like we needed to. I agree. You know, the one thing I've finally taken, I guess I want to call solace, solacing, is that the past is what makes you who you are today. And so all the trials and tribulations, you know, whether we were bullied, whether we were, you know, picked up, whatever, teaches us how to be more resilient and bounce back and find ourselves to be like, no, you can't do that to me. I won't accept it. I think it teaches us how to establish more boundaries for ourselves, because you do things, I bet, totally different than you did. I mean, obviously, you've grown up, but when somebody tries to push you over, you stand up differently than you did back then, right? Well, it's different now because, like, as like, I feel like I was more likely to stand up, like, when I was younger because it was just, I feel like there was still, like, you know, a system behind you. Right. But it's, like, at the same token, like, you know, because I grew up in an environment, like, where my, well, both my parents used to fight all the time. So, it's, like, seeing people fight, it's, like, it's such, like, right. a weird, because, like, if there's any way to talk things through, you should actually talk it through mm-hmm. and everything. But when I needed to get my hands dirty, I had to. But I was when I was much younger. The older I get, the more I realize some people are just unstable. 
mm-hmm. and I can't just act reckless and lash out at people. You know, I'm at that stage where I'm more selective on the circles I'm around, and I'm I feel like way. yeah. So it's just like you know, being around people because I feel like you know, I have, like my mom forced me to into these weird schools and everything, and everything. It's just like I felt like I had no choice. Now like I have more agency of where I go. I'm more selective of what's a good environment for me. You know, that's what let me do so well in school, like in university. Right. It's because I was more selective of who I surround myself with and everything. And so it's just I realized that it was never really me. It was just really just I wasn't the in people. the right circle. Like, well, but that taught you. That makes you be a better person and say, you know what? I'm going to choose more wisely mm-hmm. to whom I hang out with because I don't want all this other drama and trash and junk filling up my head when I can have an intelligent conversation or debate that, you know, brings us closer together. We can agree to disagree. And that's what I think a lot of people miss. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, seriously. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we spoke on a whole lot of topics. You feel like you pretty much hit on everything, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. I want to make sure everybody, because I feel like you still have more stories. Like, I know we had to talk about, like, how from state to states and oh, everything, yeah. your situation with your drug addiction. How many times have you been married? Uh, this is my third marriage and my last. I love my husband very much. I did tell him I would never get divorced again. I'd put him in the wood chipper. So if he goes missing, everybody knows where to look. Uh- <laughs> okay, already snitched on yourself on the mental third spot. Dang, now, now they're going to use my whole podcast for a freaking uh, investigation. No, I'm just fine. You'd be on Dayline. I hope not. Like It's just like, I don't know. It's just, no. eh. But anyway, yeah, but just from stuff like that, uh, I know you spoke about homelessness a little bit. I still feel like there's a little bit more dimensions we need to explore with you, um, Miss Georgia and everything. I would love to have you on the next season when I actually have video and everything. I'd love to. So like, maybe like for sure, like like if I get the setup right, you know, I just pray to God everything goes well for me in the next year and everything. Or I can afford a video and everything and sit down, maybe get a background before I leave for DC. I'd love to have you on again and everything because like, I got to give everyone the same respect of an hour. Sometimes oh, yeah. I go for hours and everything, but then I got to be somewhere else. Got to go somewhere else. But also, as long as you feel like you express a whole no, lot. No, I, I feel... We gave a good talk. I mean, I feel we talked pretty, pretty well. Yeah, and and openly about all types of things. All types of things. And the crazy thing is, we're from two completely different backgrounds. And I mean, what do you think yeah. about it? So it's just like you know, I'm African and everything. Grew up in whole my parents are immigrants. I've never been in the army and everything. I'm not married three times. <laughs> well, marriage three times was not my choice. Okay. <laughs> but I am a with the one I love. Okay, well, that's beautiful regardless. And this is the first time you ever got interviewed for a podcast ever, It is. It is. And you're going to have interest in starting your own podcast. I do. I do. Definitely uh, touch base with me. Um, Look up something called Anchor. Okay. And then, like, just just get a hang of it and everything. Maybe you can get a friend on and stuff like that nature. Probably see you can bounce ideas off to hop on every now and then. And uh, maybe just drop, like, maybe one or a couple episodes and everything. Just to kind of get a feel of it, get a feel of how you want the process to go. Like, my podcast is more people-based. So it's right. like your life story or whatever. I bounce off of something maybe in my background I can relate to or maybe insight or whatever, maybe a, a different perspective on another issue. You know what I'm saying? It's I more do, people-based. I do. I, yeah. I think that's a great outlook because it gives so many different people a diverse yeah. range of 
knowledge and thought a different thought process. Yeah, uh, for, and it's just like at the same time, like you know, it's a mental health podcast. So I was like, we delve into stuff like mental health all the time, and know that you even like speak on things like you have a mental. I would have never said you had like a mental, uh, you know, issue like bipolar, bipolar or anything, or as if it's come from like a thyroid or whatever and yeah. everything. No, you just like live your life as it is. It really gives people more dimension to what mental health really is. I tell you what, if your medication is right. Mm-hmm. You're good. If you ever feel it's not just quite right, something still feels off, tell your doctor. Say, this isn't right. We've been on it two, three months. I still feel off. Maybe we add something else to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe we take that one off and put something else. You know, um, but I have bipolar friends that take their medicine and then go, oh, I'm feeling fine, and quit taking it. Oh, okay. And then go down the rabbit hole. Oh, okay. Well, at least you bring more dimensions to that degree also. You know, we spoke on the Navy. We also spoke about you know, the time from each decade, how easier it was economically for your generation oh, to gosh, know. Yeah. We spoke about a whole lot of stuff. So it's like I feel there's a lot of things for people to delve into with that. So I'll be sure to upload your podcast as soon as possible. I'd like to thank you for being on this podcast. Would you, episode 129, I'm trying to reach 150, so it's good know, for you to help so out. so you're doing good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, is there anything, uh, advice you want to give to, like, maybe the audience or whoever was listening or anything already, like, just find a word? Do I let people off on before we go off? What would it be? You know, it would be listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Like, actually take a beat and listen to your body. If something feels off, nothing wrong with getting it checked. Mm, most definitely. You know, um, because it could save your life. Oh, yeah. And, and that's... I was never that person. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, you're fine. Come to work. Mm-hmm. And then I got meningitis. So... That puts you in the hospital for about a week. And I figured out, oh, you know, maybe when somebody's doing that, they shouldn't come to work. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, if if something feels off, check it. Most definitely. You know, that's my biggest thing I can help anybody with mental health. You don't always have to talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist. If you have a trusted friend that will listen, uh-huh. talk to them. Uh-huh. But talk. Oh, yeah, that's just talk. That's just it. Just talk. Just talk. You know, just like how we're doing right now. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the Mental Thoughts Podcast, episode 129. We're sewing in and now we're sewing out.